0: If you want to do something don't have someone tell you that you can't do it because you're too small or you can't do something because of another reason if you want to do it you do that yourself and be the best that you can be.
1: Before I found race running I couldn't really take part in many sports at all so now it, it gives me the freedom to be able to run walk and just have that experience without having someone holding my hand.
2: Hello, hope you're well, finding a way to keep exercising or just enjoying the nice weather we're having at the moment. Thanks for tuning in to the England Athletics Podcast. We've got two of the country's brightest young throwing talents joining us for a chat. They are Serena Vincent and Lewis Bing. Our featured club this month is Lincoln Wellington. As always, do get in touch on social media or via the England Athletics website if you have any comments or anything you think should be featured. Let's get straight into meeting the athletes then. What do you need to know about Lewis Bing and Serena Vincent? Well, they're both 18-year-old shot-putters with international experience. Last year, Lewis became the first British man in 30 years to make the European under-20 final. Serena is a World Schools Cup winner and domestically the British under-17 and under-18 record holder. They've both been taking part in the Valhalla virtual shot-put competition alongside British senior champions Scott Lincoln and Sophie McKinna. I suppose the nature of their discipline means it's much more contained than, say, throwing a javelin, but uh, it's been great to see, and both of them have set unofficial PBs, which bows really well for when traditional competition returns. And as Serena explains, she's lucky enough to have a circle in her garden from which she can throw.
0: Yeah, I've definitely been very fortunate with the fact that I have already got a circle I can use in my back garden. I've been able to gym man throw pretty much as usual, especially now the weather's improved quite a bit i can throw outside and it's quite nice but it's different for sure not being able to throw with your friends and stuff during training but it's something that we've all got to get on with and it's new for everyone it's difficult for everyone we're all in the same boat
2: great positivity lewis i suppose when you heard about the the competition you were just pleased to get out there and throw what has it been like for you
3: I was really happy that it was being put on because in early April I was supposed to be in Singapore doing a warm weather training camp and a competition. I was really happy that I could have an audience whilst training slash competing to try and egg me on a bit which really helped in the first
2: one. Do you think it made a difference then that the fact that you had like Scott Lincoln and Sophie McKenna, the British champions, you know you're both pushing each other to, to try and Get as big throws as possible, even though you're not in the same place, and you maybe don't get a feel for for what's going on at the same time as the same as someone's watching uh, at home.
3: It definitely, me and Scott, obviously we throw in the different weight influence at the moment, but um, with relative to what I've been throwing with the six k, and I've seen him throw with the seven. I think we were it could have been quite close, and actually was very close. The first one, I think it was about fourteen centimeters
2: that split us apart. Yeah, in the end, it was pretty good, and albeit it was. Unofficial. You threw over 20 metres, so I suppose that means it's something to aim for when real competitions come around. You know what might be possible. Yeah,
3: definitely. I've got um, some goals I've set with me and my coach, and I'm just really excited to get into an official competition, hopefully, with some real adrenaline and throw some big marks to put on the official rankings.
2: Right. Now, as I said, both of you have had international breakthroughs in the last couple of years. Uh, Serena, you've... Been lucky enough to go to uh, Hungary and Croatia, both of you in Sweden as well. Serena, what have you learned from those kinds of experiences?
0: The major thing that I've learned is to not panic when things don't go your way. You can't control the uncontrollables. And I think my first major international was the Commonwealth in the Bahamas, and everything that could have possibly gone wrong that was out of my control went wrong. We had a thunderstorm halfway through our competition so we had to be removed from the infield having warmed up having done off like warm-up throws we were put in this little room for over an hour to wait for the storm to pass we then were walked back out into the stadium we were allowed one warm-up throw and then he had to go straight back into competition that and it was tipping it down and rain obviously during the storm so that was something that I could have never like prepared myself for obviously in england that's not something that we've got to we have to deal with the uncontrollables i can't stress about that you've got to just remain calm you've got to keep a level head you've got to think about yourself just what you can control is what you control i say i think that's probably the most important thing that i've learned too because obviously that threw me off a little bit but now i feel like anything can be thrown at me And I think also to have that experience of having that gone wrong puts you a little bit at an advantage against your competitors.
2: Yeah, so that was the Commonwealth Youth Games in 2017 in the Bahamas. Think of the Bahamas as perfect beach surroundings, you know, wonderful breezes and palm trees, but clearly it wasn't all that.
0: (laughs) Definitely was all of that, plus a little bit more. (laughs) Our hotel that we were staying at was right on the beach. It was really lovely. Weather was lovely until the one day for that two-hour period that I needed nice weather for it apparently didn't go my way you just got to deal with what you can deal with and just accept whatever happens happens
2: yeah okay since then I think you've been to uh, the world schools cup in in Croatia in split which you won in fact so things went rather better there so describe to me why things came together in that competition
0: I loved world schools I really did because when I was there I was as a under 18 whereas in the UK I was an under 20 so under 20 I would throw a four kilos but at that one competition I could then drop back down to the under 18 weight of a 3k so I was really looking forward to that because obviously I could throw a lighter weight which I was just absolutely buzzing for because I thought I could like really whack out a, a good throat. But, I mean, my teammates were amazing as well. Again, the weather was awful the days before and after my competition. But during my competition, it was lovely. So I had the weather on my side. I had teammates and everything. It was just really good, really. I just was able to relax. I had no pressure on me. I wanted to see if I could get a little world title out. So I think that buzz really helped me.
2: Have you ever wondered whether it's you that's bringing the bad weather?
0: Well, potentially. (laughs) (laughs) I think... In England, the weather's not always great. So maybe maybe it's a team thing. <laughs> maybe it's the British team rather than me.
2: <laughs> yeah, no question, no accusation. Getting <laughs> thrown at you there. Lewis, a fantastic experience for you. The success you had in Sweden last year at the European Juniors, uh, notably becoming the first British man in, in 30 years, I think, to make that European under-20 final. Um, talk to me about that competition, because I believe you were the youngest of all the competitors there. Yeah, so obviously
3: I had a a good 2018 and I met my coach Stuart Carlow so we could train together and aim for the European under-20s in 2019. Started off the indoors a bit rusty, as I always do. It wasn't until June and when I got the standard. I think I surprised a few people, me throwing the standard, because I don't think people expected it. I had a good few comps at the England Champs under-20s and in 23s. And then I had the Euros, where I went into Euros thinking, have a good first round throw, and I threw the best first round throw of my life, which was 1861. And I usually build up during the competition, so I was really happy with that. Came to the final, and as it always does for me, as it just with Serena, it started raining heavily. It didn't last the whole competition, but it definitely hit me a bit mentally, because I was throwing a training trainers for the first four rounds, and it dried up, and I completely forgot to change my shoes. I was just a bit nervous. I thought, personally, I had more there. So I was happy overall. But obviously, it drives me on for this year, where I thought I'd have World Championships, which obviously has been cancelled now.
2: Yeah, the World Juniors were going to be this, this summer. So that represents quite a, a rise for you. And, and from both of you, it seems that these occasions have given you either learning curves or, or big confidence boosts or, or both. You had also won the England Under-20 championships and the under 23 championships on the same weekend uh, becoming the first British man to to do both on the same weekend so that was an incredible feat that you did on, on consecutive days how did you manage that? So I hadn't
3: actually thrown the senior weight all about the season but I knew that as I'd changed my technique quite a bit that I have about a meter more in the tank and I knew there was a uh, three or four under 23s who were like between the age of 21 to 22, throwing far. So I think that spurred me on to throw as far as I could in the 23s. In the early 20s, I was mainly there to get the automatic qualification for European
2: champs. So overall, it was my most successful weekend I've ever had. I, I remember that weekend being there in Bedford and uh, Max Max Bergen set an amazing 800 metre time and everyone was concentrating on that. Uh, and then uh, it emerged what, what you'd done belatedly and and everyone was was amazingly impressed um Lewis going a bit further back to to how you started I know that you said that you used to do some track work on your own and then you started getting your mum to record videos of your throwing so just tell me how you got into things before you met your current coach as you mentioned so in
3: early 2017 when I did my first competition I hadn't actually trained for about four or five months because I didn't really have any plan or a coach to stick to so I opened my season up in 2017 with a three meter PB without any training and I thought okay I've got the English school standard now then within the next two or three months I went up to 15 years 83 which placed me at the time second in the UK and I was thinking I've gone from like 80th in the UK in the 15 to second in the 17s and I haven't really trained so it came to 2018 during the winter and I didn't I have the best idea of what I need to do, but I mainly did a lot of speed sprint work and a lot of endurance work just to make me fitter as an athlete. I opened the indoor season relatively low to what I wanted to, I threw 15, 60, and outdoor season started to go quite bad. Then I decided to do a lot of technical work on my own with my mom recording me. I look back at the video, see what needs to be done. And then within the next three months I of doing about two competitions a week, I went up to 18 metres 86 and I got the European standard. And I was extremely happy with that as from indoor season, I was expected to throw 16 metres.
2: Lots of interesting stuff from Lewis Bing and Serena Vincent. More from them later, including what they enjoy outside of shot put. And uh, as has become a bit of a custom in this podcast, we'll put their knowledge to the test in a bit of a quiz towards the end. Chris Jones has visited Lincoln, Wellington for our featured club this month. I must point out that this audio was recorded before any kind of social distancing guidelines or restriction on club activity was in place. And uh, first of all, he spoke to Thomas Talbot, who's uh, even younger than Lewis and Serena. And he's been taking part in a discipline that seems to be growing in stature all the time. So I'm here with Thomas
4: Talbot. Part of the Paralympic program, UK Athletics. Are you going to tell us about your event and how you got involved? Race running.
1: So uh, I I got involved in race running about five years ago. I went to a series of Taste days, and then about a year later, I took part in my first competition and uh yeah it just took off from there athletics gives you the freedom to express yourself certainly for me before i found race running i couldn't really take part in many sports at all so now it, it gives me the freedom to be able to run walk and just have that experience without having someone holding my hand
4: and we're here at the lincoln track newly refurbished what is it that's so great about the club here
1: they've been with me throughout my journey and uh there's always an encouraging smile and you know, the coaches are great here and it's just all round fantastic atmosphere.
4: Great to see you here tonight and to uh, learn a bit more about race running. Tell us about this contraption
1: here we've got here. This here is a race runner, as you've said. Um, it's basically a trike with three wheels and no pedals. It's just got some adaptions that make it easier for me. So I've got a chest plate, gives me a bit of extra stability and everything. This uh,
4: information is Im- invaluable, you see, because there are clubs across the country looking to develop more activities more uh, opportunities in the sport and they want to know where they can get fixtures and fittings and equipment like this so your knowledge is really really useful for other people how much would
1: one of these set someone back do you
4: think financially
1: to get this particular model, it's around six thousand pounds. Six thousand so, pounds. So it's um, it's not very. Yes, it's a carbon fiber. So a very efficient machine. Whatever the case, it's very um, it's, it would be good to get more people involved because obviously it is a fantastic sport and it allows many, or it would allow many people who perhaps wouldn't have that. Uh, opportunity to access sport it goes to show how important
4: lottery funding is really you know the funding that comes from UK Sport, yes. Sport England and then through
1: local lotteries as well to fund without funding you can't take the sport anywhere simply because you can't afford the equipment obviously the the funding is fantastic you know it's it's an amazing thing that just allows people to access the great sport and have you got any sponsors yourself any personal sponsors Yes, I am actually sponsored by Quest Eighty Eight, so uh, excellent. Uh, they have tailor-made or tailor-adapted my trike, so I, I can run to the best of my
4: ability. Fantastic, excellent. Well, good luck, Thomas. Good to meet you, and thanks for that education around race running. So I'm here in Lincoln with Joseph Jenkins, Max Chesler and you are two junior coaches here at the club in Lincoln. Uh, why did you get involved in coaching?
1: Personally, it's for DV to help with my volunteering, but I would like to take it further as I've really enjoyed it and I think it's helped develop me as a person.
4: Both compete here as well? Uh, yeah, yeah. And what are your events?
0: 1,500 up to
1: 5k.
4: And what are your ambitions as athletes?
1: Uh, I'd, I'd like to obviously make it all the way through to English schools at some point and I would like to take my running further after my time in education. And yourself? Yeah, it's the same really, Just take it as far as I can
4: And what is it you love about coaching?
1: Uh, I love the interaction with children, I think We bring out the good side in the young athletes And I think we make the sessions enjoyable And it's nice to get out of the house, isn't it, at the end of the day
4: Superb, and uh, in terms of future career What do you want to do when you've uh, qualified And you've moved on post-secondary school and university If you go to university, that is
1: Physiotherapy, maybe
4: Always need good physios, a bit like plumbers. You always need good physios, especially when you get to my time of life. so And yourself?
1: I'd like to go to med school and then go into forensic pathology. Oh, so.
4: yeah. G- great that you've got future plans in the uh, medicine world, and we wish you all the best. And thanks for everything you're doing for the sport here in Lincoln. And uh, wish you all the best with your coaching and your athletic performance as well. Thank you. you all so. right, thank, thank you. you. Cheers, all the best.
2: Great to hear from some youngsters getting involved in coaching. And there'll be some uh, more from Chris's visit to Lincoln-Wellington later. Uh, Brilliant to hear from Thomas Talbot as well. And, And where should I start with race running? It made its World Championship debut last November in Dubai. It's been at the England Senior Championships for a couple of years now. And last year in atrocious weather in Manchester, with the rain pouring down, we saw world records for Kaylee Hago and Ailey Simpson in the 100 and uh, the 200 metres and I'm sure that participation levels in this country and further afield will only continue to grow. I remember preparing as a commentator for those championships last year and uh, I rung up the Cerebral Palsy uh, Sport Association and who answered the phone but Thomas Talbot's mum, in fact their chief executive who is Ali Talbot and she was only delighted to make sure that uh, We had all the information for all the specifics of race running. And one other thing as well is that all of the athletes involved in that weekend were some way connected or if not coached by Janice Eaglesham, the disability coach who had just passed away. So tremendous strength in character from those race runners and uh, great that we have a wide range of uh, disciplines at the England Championships. Turning back to our two young shot putters, Lewis Bing and Serena Vincent, Wanted to find out a bit more about what these two do outside of athletics. Where shall we start? Lewis Bing is pretty handy with a Rubik's Cube. In fact, believe it or not, he once had to choose between representing England in an athletics competition or a major Rubik's Cube championships.
3: Back in uh, 2017, when I came to second English schools, the following weekend was the Cybers international. It was also the World Rubik's Cube Championships in Paris. And obviously, I've been practicing the Rubik's Cube for the last three or four years to solve it as I could, fast as I could at the competition. So it was like quite a hard decision for me because both of them were hobbies at the time, and they became a real passions of mine. In the end, I decided to do the England uh, side so as I didn't know whether or not I'd do it again. I was really happy that I chose it as I threw well in Ireland and uh, had a really good experience with the team.
2: Obviously, uh, in athletics, you have under 18, under 20 and and senior. How does Rubik's Cube um, categories work? There's not really
3: many categories. It's any age rest, any age, any gender verse any gender. And it's basically whoever's can solve the fastest of the average of five solves. So, uh, for example, in a normal Rubik's Cube, you'll do five consecutive solves. Then your middle, three times will get averaged out. That'll be your mean of three. And then that will be your final score as based on average rather than your best solve. So there's world record singles and world record averages. And singles can
2: be very lucky. So that's why they use the average figure. Let's say you, you're at the competition. Do you sit across a table from someone else and you've both got a cube? How does it work?
3: So everyone has their own uh, speed cubes as they're very different to a normal Rubik's cube as they move a lot quicker. And we hand our cubes into the, the judging station. There'll be a set of people scrambling the cube. A person will pick it up, have it in a tub, place it on a table in front of us. Then when we're ready, they'll take the tub off. We have 15 seconds to look at it, put it down, start the timer and go. If we go over the 15 seconds, uh, we'll get two seconds added on to our time at the end. And if we go over 19 seconds, then it's a, a DNF, so you just don't get the solve so it's basically you get time to look at it before All you right. start so that really helps planning out as much as you can of the solve so in like a two by two which is the small rubik's cube most people like me we can find the whole solve in that like 10 seconds yeah impressive so what what are your pbs then in competition for the two by two single it's 0.99 seconds for average it's 2.34 seconds and for the three by three, my single is eight point eight nine, and my average is ten point five two seconds. Okay, Serena, I feel
2: that's an incredibly hard act to to follow. <laughs> um, but is there anything that you do outside of of shot put generally that that you enjoy?
0: Definitely not Rubik's Cube. I can't do those to save my life. Um, honestly, I love to just like meet up with my mates, and I love to travel. So I used to do equestrian and i've been riding for about like over 12 years now um, and i've only recently stopped that as a result of my athletics my parents didn't like the idea of me potentially falling off and then ending my um, athletics career so i have been doing a question. i love baking and love cooking and stuff like that
2: well just thinking about um horse riding i remember the i think it was the beijing olympics in china so 2008 if you are a, a professional, uh, you know, Olympian horse rider, more often than not, you have to arrive and there's like a new horse. So you'll be competing on a horse that you don't know. Yeah, it's very different because uh, sometimes you'll, comp- you'll compete with your own shop and you won't. But it's very different from learning a new horse. So it was very much luck of the draw when they arrived and had like a day of practice to kind of tame their horse. And some people were very unlucky to have a horse that would throw them off. So it's very different to (laughs) shop
0: I have done a couple of horse riding competitions a few years ago. I mean, my athletics kind of took off. So I had to make a decision between athletics and horse riding. There are some similarities. In the UK, if you have your own implement, Other people can't use it unless they actually ask for permission. But when you go to internationals, anyone can use your shot, whatever equipment you bought, whether that's a javelin or anything like that. Again, it goes back to the time when I was in the Bahamas. It was the first time where someone could use my shot and I wasn't actually aware of that. There's nothing I could do about it. You had to just accept it. But a lot of the other girls were putting chalk on my shot loads of athletes do but because it helps with their grip but for me with that particular shot chalk made it really slippy I didn't get on with it I would never put chalk on that shot because it would fall out my hands and they these girls were smothering my shot with chalk (laughs) and I would try my hardest to like wipe it off but it did fall out my hand on the second throw and then I had one more throw to potentially qualify for the final and that amount of pressure like I unfortunately didn't get in but it is back to the same reason you've got like other people can use your other shot and you just got to accept that and deal with it really.
2: Just explain for those who don't know as much about shot put how many of your own shots you know one or more might you take to a competition let's say and and what might the difference between those different shots be Serena?
0: Definitely for an international, I would bring two shots of different sizes. I personally prefer the bigger diameter shots. So I would bring my training shot and my competition shot. So if for some reason my competition shot didn't qualify or in competition, if the stadium have shots for your competitors, um, if they have the same size shot, you're not allowed to use your own because they've already got that size shot so but so far I've always been able to throw my shot but I would bring two to a competition just in case one doesn't get accepted in
2: and obviously it'd be yeah different size but same weight that everyone would be throwing at in women's terms under 20 and senior both through the 4k yeah whereas in men's Lewis it's uh, 7.26 for seniors and, and 6 for under 20s is that right Yes, yeah, correct What do you find, Lewis, is then the the, the difference between that, the heavier shot progressing to to heavier and heavier weights over the last couple of years? What's the adjustment like each time? Personally, I just
3: really well when I go up in a weight. So relative to my 6 and 7, my 7K, my technique is a lot better and my distance, obviously it doesn't go as far, but in relevance to the 6, it's actually better in training. I find that I can push on it harder, push on it longer, I feel like I have more connection with the ball where the sticks. It's starting to feel quite light for me now.
2: Interesting, and you've also had uh, some interesting variations of technique too. So traditionally, the the glide or sometimes we call it a linear technique and and rotational are used. You've also, Lewis, used something called a like a step back technique. Just to explain what that is and whether you still use it. It's a mixture between a glide and a
3: shuffle, but I find for me. I generate lots more momentum, more power and speed. But the difference is at the back of the circle, I start with the other foot in front, kick my right leg back a lot harder and more aggressively and get it pre-turned better than my glide ever did. I'm still training the rotation for my senior years. But I personally believe in me and my coach, there's a lot more to come with a step back. There's a lot more potential than anyone, would I think there would be with a bad technique, as they say.
2: Uh, it's interesting then that there's a number of similarities between you both in in the progress that that you've been made, uh, perhaps uh, surprising your yourselves and your coaches at times. You both come from uh, clubs, uh, City of Portsmouth and, and Stratford, which are smaller than than some other clubs and, and don't have as many household names as others. But Lewis, we recently featured uh, Stratford A.C. on the podcast, actually. the that we visited there they they were asked about athletes that we should watch out for in in future years and they mentioned your name as as the standout uh Serena no doubt that at your club you're seen as as one of the brightest talents um what does that sort of mean for you both in in terms of how highly you're rated
0: I like the fact that I can turn up to training and I would have competed the weekend before and I turn up and I have parents who I've n- I've no idea who they are but they'll come up to me and they'll be like oh well done Serena and like you did this and that it's honestly it's quite an honour to have like so many people look up to you especially with the younger children I often get um, asked to show the younger children how to throw the shot they just like come up and they ask me questions I never go to training expecting people to know what I've done in the weekend before or whether I've competed in the international I just I just don't do that I just just keep myself to myself sort of thing so it's really nice like actually know that Everyone in your club was actually looking at, like watching you and looking out for you. So, I mean, I, I know that I am people's role models. It's quite nice to know that people look up to you because I look up to people like Sophie McKinna. So, to know that people are doing the exact same thing with me, I think that's really nice and it's quite an honour.
2: And Lewis, the guys at Stratford, the, the committee there saying, you know, Lewis Bing is, is one that all of the juniors. Uh, take notice of the way he's improved if he can do it then I can too what do you think of that?
3: So yeah I think Stratford ACs they've developed a lot of really good hurdlers and jumpers over the time so like Andy Posley, Rory Dwyer Jack Simmers Ollie Creswell but I feel like I've brought a different meaning to the clubs now there's more throwers coming through there's a lot more younger athletes between the ages of like 9 to about 14 taking up javelin trying a shot when I'm there doing a bit of discus. So I feel like it's really helped the club develop into a more all-round, discipline club.
2: Yeah, which is great to see. Andy Possey, obviously, part of the same club, is a great example to have. So we're going to finish off by playing a little game, which has a sort of shop put theme. Are either of you particularly good at quizzes?
0: I know Lewis is. Oh, <laughs> no, I'm not.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean... No, if it's shot, but
3: I guess it'll be decent. No,
0: even if it's down to shot, I'll probably still get it wrong.
3: Depends on if it's what it's about, how, how long ago it is.
2: <laughs> right. Okay. First of all, it's a kind of higher or lower game. Okay. We're yes. going to take it in turns. And, and don't worry, there's no, there's no judgment here. There's, basically, it involves we start off with a number, and then you have to say whether the next thing is, is okay. higher or lower than that number. And some of them are in meters. 20 meters and some of them are in years so 20 meters would be the year 2000 if that makes okay. sense so the first one is sophie mckinnis pb is
0: it 1861
2: it is everyone knows it's <laughs> 50 meters something but it has gone up
0: Nowadays. lovely
2: it has gone up quite a bit in in the last couple of years louis should we start with you then yeah 1861 is that before or after the first olympic games
3: It's before as it was Athens, 1896,
2: I believe. Oh, that's beautiful. Yes. This
0: is what I'm saying. Why is he so good at this? (laughs)
2: 1896 in Athens, the first games of, I think, what's called the modern Olympiads, albeit they did all sorts uh, back in the day, supposedly in ancient Greece. Interesting, I learned the other day that um, the ancient Greeks were the first people to put candles on birthday cakes. So there's a pointless fact for you. (laughs) You didn't need to know. Well done. Right, so Serena.
0: I'm more nervous for this than I am. Like, for internationals, I'm more <laughs> nervous for this. Oh, dear.
2: 1896. Is that before or after the telephone was invented? Um,
0: I think it was after.
2: 1896 was after the telephone was invented.
0: Yeah.
2: You're right. am <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> yeah, the telephone was invented in 1876, so... Uh, <laughs> Right, the next answer is in metres, so 1876. Lewis, is 1876, is that higher or lower than the British women's shot put record? It's lower. I think it's due to 1946, is it? 1936,
0: yeah, decent. Oh, minus one point.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Not bad stuff there. Clearly the shot put knowledge is is right up there. So 1936, I think that was set in 19... Eighty-eight. that record. Sophie McKinna perhaps would like to have her sights on that. Maybe Serena one day, who knows? 1936, Serena, before or after the Rubik's Cube was invented. <laughs>
0: Why do I get the difficult ones? Um, is it 1936, you said, yeah?
2: 1936, before or after the Rubik's Cube was invented. Before? It was, yeah. It wasn't until 1980 that the Rubik's Cube was invented. Did you know that, Lewis? Yeah, I, I, oh, of course I yeah. did. Do you know what the Rubik's Cube was initially called? Or going to be called? Uh, twisty puzzle? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the twisty puzzle World Championships. That's quite a enticing. Event. <laughs> There's a magic cube, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, would you say it's magic? It's more kind of like problem solving. For the first people who did it, it was very much like
3: a maths mm. equation. But now, for people, it's just memory. Oh. So it's very different now.
2: There, there are only a certain amount of combinations that it could start in, or what? There's actually
3: 43 quintillion combinations it could be in. <laughs> the first people who made the method would about to do, like, calculations to make the algorithms up. But now, because they're all known, people just remember them.
2: So, yeah, I see what you're saying. I think you've got all of them right so far. Good guessing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, two more. Do you know what, I feel as though I've made this one too easy. I might want to spontaneously make it a bit harder. You should give me that
0: easy one, that's all right. It's <laughs>
2: 1980, before or after Ewan Thomas was born. Ewan Thomas, British 400m record holder. Ooh, he was at my awards evening on set.
0: Oh, so he's got to get it right, the pressure's on.
3: I'm pretty sure he's 44.
2: 1980 is after. You're right, yeah. He's he's actually 46, so uh, maybe he, he looked particularly young that day. <laughs> Born in 1974. We're still 100% correct throughout. So, Serena, 1974, higher or lower than the person ranked 10th on the British men's all-time list. So you might be able to work this one out, think about Scott Lincoln... Uh, He's in that top 10 and his PB is over 20. Yeah.
0: But I don't know where Link Scott's ranked. Like, where is it? 1974. I think that's higher.
2: It is. (laughs) Yeah. 10th place is 1949. Well, if we proved anything there, that you two are both pretty good at at quizzing. Maybe you've been practising in lockdown. It seems like it's uh, what lots of people have been doing. (laughs) Yeah. Do you have any specialist subjects in case there's Mm. a next time?
0: An all-rounder, what can I say?
2: Brilliant! It's been great to chat to you both. As I say, a very exciting time in your careers. Albeit, there's a the strange frustration that we've got this uh, unusual period. Just to finish off, then, I want to ask you both, Serena. You have, I believe, your dad Andrew and Bronwyn Carter who are involved in your in your coaching. Uh, Lewis, your coach Stuart Hollow, who you mentioned. Your your mum also being involved as well what's the best piece of advice do you think that you've been given or or just just a piece of advice that has helped you something a coach has said
3: main two things so like, have fun and just train hard i'd say two best pieces just
0: be the best that you can be i've had both my coaches tell me that on a regular basis i think if you if you want to do something then you go ahead and you do that especially with me being a shot putter and being a female shot putter there is a very large stereotype of if you're a female shopcuter or a shopter in general, you've got to be some big fat person, and that's not necessarily the case. so I think if you want to do something, don't have someone tell you that you can't do it because you're too small or you can't do something because of another reason. If you want to do it, you do that yourself and be the best that you can be
2: That's a really important point, especially you know when body image is such a Such a thing that people talk about as being affected by um, what's in the media, what's on Instagram. So a a really key point to finish on there. Thanks, Serena. I know um, Scott Lincoln and Sophie McKinnon have have set each other targets in the past. I wonder whether that's something that you've ever thought that that you have kind of like a a friendly rivalry between the two of you now that you've competed alongside each other as kind of a team. Whether there's a bit of healthy competition there that could help you both?
3: We've, we were going to do it and set each of us some goals. We haven't thought the forefoot yet. <laughs> what would be something that you
2: wouldn't want to do? <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow, I don't want to say that because it will be that one, will not it? <laughs>
2: Keep your cards close to your chest. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Thanks to Lewis and Serena for coming on the podcast. Two young shot putters who've made international breakthroughs in the last couple of years and with great futures, we hope. Turning our attentions now back to Lincoln Wellington That's where Chris Jones has been, and we resume his tour around the club in conversation with Debbie O'Connell, a 400 metre runner who's been to the Invictus Games. How
4: long have you been here at Lincoln Wellington?
1: Uh, just coming up for two years now.
4: Two years? And what yeah. did you do before that?
1: Um, I was in the military, so... Oh, yeah. yeah? I was uh, medically discharged,
0: and nice. it was all my medical discharge. I was with the uh, Invictus Games. It was through the Invictus Games
1: that I found the club... And oh, fantastic. ...and training under Denise, and, yeah, I've just stuck here because I just loved it, and the people are great. And you meet so many inspirational people that it really helps, and it encourages you on your journey, and then encourages me to come up here after work and meet other people now that I'm sort of out of the military.
4: <laughs> and your hopes for the future, what... What's your peak of ambition?
1: Uh, My peak of ambition,
0: if I'm shooting really high, would be to make the Paralympic team. That would be my peak of ambition. But uh, that's what I'm sort of working towards, um, being categorised now. So hopefully getting up that way.
4: Well, good luck with that. Great to meet you. You All the best. So I'm here trackside at Lincoln Wellington. I'm here with...
5: Roy Freeman. I coach junior middle distance for Lincoln Wellington.
4: How long have you been doing that, Roy?
5: Uh, Best part of 10 years. I love to see the kids improve, I love to see them enjoyment, it keeps them happy. I like to see the way they think about how they run each session. As the months and years go, they're asking more and more questions, which tells me they're thinking about now how they can progress themselves, not only at the track, but away from the track. So when I give them a full week's programme, they know, if I ask them to do some fartlek, they know exactly what to do and how to do it.
4: And prior to coaching, were you an athlete yourself?
5: Well, running, I was mainly. I was a member of a, a, a Lincoln Lakeside, who were a road running club. Right. I, I was a member of them <laughs> for thirty years, but my main interest, late teens to early twenties, was kayak racing. Right. I represented Great Britain five times at kayak racing and I managed to uh, go to the Junior European Championships in Sweden where I made the final but I came seventh out of eighth in the final but it was a good standard to get to that. So I've always done something athletic wise or yes. sport wise so, so a I, lot
4: of that would, would you're able to take from kite racing over into athletics uh, uh,
5: yes when your coach says i'm sorry you've got to do another well in my case for kayaking mm-hmm. you need to do under the 500 meters mm-hmm. and you've got to knock a second off it uh, so i know what it takes to be tired to push yourself when you are tired and i can relate that through my the courses i've done with england athletics mm-hmm. how they've taught me to mm-hmm. coach on the track
4: we're here trackside with Steve Reed and Sharon Waller and your role is Sharon
1: vice chair and I do the records as well for the club
4: history and archives and um, famous athletes and all that stuff
1: mainly sort of like club records who's done the best performances um,
4: and how long have you been a member here
1: nearly 40 years now. 40 years yeah yeah, yeah. so I've, I've been a member since I think it's like 1980 1981
4: and you're still competing now
1: yes yeah I do masters athletics Good. So yes it's uh, keeps you fit healthy gives you a purpose
4: and it's great to see uh, a couple of uh, para-athletes here tonight as well with ambitions to perform in the Paralympic Games. Yeah, Someone who's say, been in the Evictus Games yeah, as well. Yeah, we've got
1: Thomas. Yeah, he's uh, like I say, we've seen him come through. And then there's uh, Debs, who's done the Evictus Games and she's won medals over when she competed in, I think it was Sydney.
4: And Steve, you're the uh, man with the money who, or yeah, who looks yeah. after the money as the treasurer. I
6: like bringing it in, but I don't like... Uh paying out. As I said, you sound like the ideal person to be treasurer. (laughs) How long have you been involved at the club? I was just trying to work that out, actually. I think my daughter was um, 11 and she's 26 now, so it makes it about 15 15 years, years? I think,
4: yeah. Are you local to Lincoln yourself?
6: Yeah, well, I don't come from Lincoln, but I live live locally, yes.
5: Okay, because
4: Lincoln's quite a rich sporting city across uh, rugby and uh, hockey and cricket and athletics, of course. Yes,
6: it is, yeah, and uh, especially Lincoln City in the last few years. Are they your club? No. Who is your club? Oxford United. Oxford United. Well, I'm a man of Cambridge so today. <laughs> oh, really? Okay.
4: Yeah. And so, what about the um, club? You know, what are you so proud of in terms of its achievements?
6: I'm proud of the uh, number of members we've got. To be perfectly honest with you, we got something like about 450 members, I think. The biggest membership is probably the juniors, isn't it? Right. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. So I think I think probably. Nearly half the junior members, as you can see here, quite a few people who train on the track. Mm-hmm. Um, the road runners are actually out on the cycle track training at the minute. Yeah, because
4: we have a bit of an issue in the sport. Youngsters dropping out around the ages of fifteen, sixteen, yeah, seventeen. Yeah, Did you notice
6: some of that? We we get that, and we get competition with football and yes. other sports as well. Yeah. Um, you tend to find kids who are uh, good at one sport and uh, good yeah. at another sport. And... It's inevitable, isn't it, yeah, Some of yeah. that,
4: you know? Yeah. And we get them come the other way as well, of course. So if they don't yeah. realise their dreams as footballers yeah. or yeah. cricketers or rugby players yeah. or whatever, then they they might come and give athletics yeah. a go. Yeah. Which and is the, good well, as well the beauty of
6: athletics is that it helps make you fit for other sports absolutely. if nothing else Foundation sport, yeah so yeah. It's, it's for basic sport for all sports. absolutely
4: i've just been seeing a you know the circuit session inside with the youngsters yeah it's great, yeah, call, stability yeah. mobility yeah. you know speed stuff power stuff Yeah. yeah. so it gives you the foundations really doesn't it? Yeah, it
2: does yeah well great to hear from such a mix of people with a range of backgrounds from lincoln wellington and uh, just a reminder once again that audio was recorded before any kind of government guidelines or restriction of activity were in place. That's it for this month's podcast though, so once again thanks for listening and goodbye.